0: Welcome to the Faith Retriever, fetching the good news for your family—a show that deepens our relationship with Jesus Christ by connecting listeners with the local church. Now, here's Deacon Eric Page with his guest, Father Kurt Nagel. Today's discussion is about helping parents evangelize their children. It's a long game. Here's Deacon Eric Page.
1: Father Nagel, you and I have known each other for some time, right now. And it's uh a blessing to have a chance to speak with you about evangelization and how we as parents can effectively evangelize. Your background is great in this. Uh, you were at Holy Family Kirkland before. Now you're at uh, St. Monica, but your experience in evangelization is really strong, and uh, we're really excited to have a chance to speak with you and hear from you a little bit.
2: Well, I, I am excited about evangelization. I think it's, it's kind of been a theme for me in my priesthood, not, I'm, not, I'm, alone, I'm not alone in that, but, yeah. but it is something that's uh, it's central, I think, to my, my ministry, but really, it's the mission of the church. Yeah,
1: and for a parent, when we speak of evangelization, if you were going to kind of describe what evangelization is, what's our job as a parent if we're going to evangelize our child?
2: So we're t- he's talking about the children here, right? Uh, because I think sometimes when people think of evangelization, they think of going on the streets, they think of putting leaflets at people's doors, and that's really intimidating. But in fact, most of the time, most of our evangelization takes place within our own sphere. And so I think that when you're talking about that in terms of your children, and it's a challenge these days, and I think it's a common common anxiety uh, in my pastorate, in my parishes, that's something that's very common. And so... I think the whole idea is how can I foster an encounter with Jesus in my children because I I can't control that any more than I can control them. I mean, I think parents must want to kind of control their children. I mean I mean at least it's temptation. I don't right. know about you, probably not you, but yeah. but most of them do. And and yeah, the best you can do is facilitate an encounter. Right. So in and, and how do you do that? That's the question. And,
1: and that's part of the challenge because. As When you're a parent of a very young child, they tend to just sort of take what's given to them and they participate actively in whatever the family is doing. And then they get to this age of somewhere between like fifth and eighth grade where now you're able to bring them to something, but compulsion is not going to get
2: the job done. Not at all. I even see that in myself when I interact with my school kids. It's a very different experience going into third, fourth grade they all like you, um, and and they're just going to believe what you tell them. By the time you get to eighth grade, it's a it's really much more of a an equal relationship in the sense that they're not just going to accept. They, they 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 have other voices speaking in their environment, and and they're trying to figure things out. And so I am now someone who has to interact and engage and sort of uh, persuade.
1: Which is a gift <laughs> to be able to do that. It's not easy. I mean. You're right. The dealing with those younger kids is it just a different game than dealing with some of the older older kids? And you've had the experience of having a parish with a school for some time now. Generally, what's going on in the lives of these uh, junior high school aged kids?
2: Well, it, yeah, I've always had it. I don't know what i do in a parish without kids, without a school. Um, I think, and it's probably fairly similar with high school. Um, I think if, as soon as you give somebody a smartphone, yeah. um, you've lost control of their formation right that's going to form them mostly now you might think well not really but Don't kid yourself. Yeah, I mean the my my interaction with kids um, is so small uh, Compared to what they're on. They're on those phones all the time right. and and so the social media environment and it's not a really Catholic environment actually It's quite of quite right. the opposite so and the parents have much more access to to the children, but still, I think that is that's even going into the idea. that parents want to be their peers mm-hmm. because their peers form them at that age. Yeah,
1: and that is a great insight because you know there is this temptation to want to engage with their children's peers, but as you've said before, they've already got peers. Yeah. You know, they, they they don't need more of those. But it's a little bit hard sometimes for us as parents to kind of have the courage to act as parent because. Parent doesn't always get affirmation.
2: It's kind of an institutional issue. Yeah. I mean, again, the authority issue of our society doesn't really support authorities and institutions very well, and so parent is an institution in that right. way. In some ways, and so it's necessary for that age child, but but the other voices are saying, break wa- break away, be suspicious,
0: and that's a
1: huge issue when we're dealing with helping to invite people into the life of the church and because in many ways i think if part of the expression jesus pulls well if you ask people you know what do you think of jesus (laughs) generally he's going to pull pretty well but if you ask what do people think of the catholic church
2: that becomes more dangerous Uh, again the church is some ways seen as like this ultimate institution Mm -hmm. and from the inside sometimes it doesn't seem that way because if you have had the encounter with christ then the church makes sense, right. and and its sins and foibles can be explained and understood. Yeah. But if you haven't had that encounter, then at most it is a rule giver, right. um, and a, a form of ordering. Yeah. But at worst, it just becomes tyrannical, or or again something that's um, going to keep you from freedom. Right, and it's. That
1: is part of what we're challenged, you know, challenged by, and and you know, I want to get back to the subject of kind of the role of the church as an institution. But I think it's first important to acknowledge that a lot of what we're up against is not just the negative uh, press coverage regarding the sex, sexual abuse scandals. It, a lot of it's just popular entertainment. If you were to take a look at how the church is portrayed generally in uh, movies, in uh, certainly on social media, but in um, in various sort of entertainment media, the church tends to play the role of the bad guy. And it's funny because if, when we were watching some old movies back around uh, Christmas time, if you see the way the church tended to be portrayed in the 1950s, you know, it was as, you know, it was Bing Crosby as this lovable priest. It was, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of part of the world that helped ground things. But now it's almost like the French Revolution's vision of the church is kind of the standard vision of the church.
2: And I think it's maybe even kind of cliche-ish, but, you know, again, the 60s, the questions of authority. Yes. Uh, and, and to be honest, the whole sexual revolution plays yeah. into this as well. Uh, so it's not just authority, but it's that particular in terms of the personal um, again, the idea of personal freedom equally my choice to do what I want. Right. And so the church is seen as the big enemy of that. And so it has been, if you, if you do engage, or if you ever do see the church in popular media, and oftentimes religion is nowhere present. Right. But if it is, it's almost always negative. Yeah, And this doesn't mean at
1: all that we don't evangelize, but I think it does mean that when we're speaking with our children, We have to be aware that these perceptions are kind of lurking there in the background. And so when we say it's time to go to church, if we say that to a third grader, it's usually going to just be addressed at face value. You know, they'll say, okay, let's go to church. And they're going to engage with the church as they encounter it. If we talk to a eighth grader or above, or certainly someone who's going to college, if you've got kids in college and you know how, how the church tends to get... Presented in college. There's an excellent chance that when you say the word church They are not seeing the same thing that we are seeing. They're not, you know, envisioning it in the same way It's not that they necessarily react against
2: it dramatically, but we just can't take things for granted And that's again, it kind of goes back to I, I'm repeating myself somewhat yeah. but it goes back to How are they formed and who yeah. who is forming them you might be the best Catholic in their lives. And you mm. might think, oh, I'm not very good. That may be true in yeah. case in terms of checking off the boxes. Right. But nevertheless, it might be you are the most faithful Catholic in their lives. And so in terms of evangelization, I think you have to recognize um, that you can be a face of an institution, right. which is scary at some point and not yeah. attractive sometimes. Right, But it also, there's a, there's a potential power there uh, for the good of your child, it it depends on the relationship with them and how you do it, but you you are the face of the church probably for them.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a really important thing for parents to remember, and there is a temptation on, uh, on our part as parents, partially because of just the background that we've got and sort of the way we were raised sometimes, to think of our primary role as we go to church and then we bring our children to faith formation and we drop them off at the at faith formation. And then the church is going to socialize them or is going to sort of catechize them. And then
2: they will emerge from that process ready to go. <laughs> I do think we want to outsource, uh, yeah. that I think parents, I see that in my parishes that there are, there are parents who drop the kids off for faith formation, but they never take them to the mass. And that's just the only thing they do. Right. And it can't work. Yeah, uh, because we could probably eventually talk more about the fact that you're dropping them off to an institution that you yourself do not support. Yeah, and that the kids pick that up, right? No,
1: they're very sharp. In fact, uh, Christian Smith, in one of his recent uh, uh, studies of Christianity and kind of what's happening with Christianity, he talked about a process where he worked with these young young Christians or young people that parents hoped would become Christians and he interviewed them and he asked them what their understanding of church was what their expectation of church was and he talked to a number of them and he asked them when you grow up do you intend to go to church in other words right now your parents are bringing you to church but do you intend to go to church and a number of them said well i don't think so but when i have kids i'll bring them to church and take the, drop them off to religious education and he interviewed these kids further and he found out that was precisely what their parents did. with And I know this is by no means every parent, but every now and again, you'd see a parent who came to RE or Religious Education on Wednesday night, dropped their child off and then drove off and went shopping. And I get it. You know, we've all got a lot to do. But the child picks up on what's happening, and you know, observes that okay, that's the level of engagement that our parents have. So that when I grow up, that'll be my level of engagement as well. So, so
2: they don't even have their parents had their parents' example yeah. of being probably going faithful me and engaged. The kids now, their parents, they don't have that. Right. And so their children will have nothing.
1: Yeah. And that's not that this is all dark. Yeah, I, I, it sounds pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. I, I
2: agree. But it's good to. But it's good to frame the challenge that we're up against. I think the people who are dropping off their kids to faith formation are the, sort of the last yeah. fumes of this right. idea oh, that yeah. the institution is going to form them. But it used to be that that kind of was the way it would work. And so here's kind of where this
1: sort of has a positive flip side, which is that as parents, we have a chance to talk about how the church has had a positive impact on us. And so the plus for us as parents is that If we can show our growth to our children, that increases the trust in the institution. That's when we show people how the institution has shaped us, that shows them that the institution can bear fruit, that it's going to be a really positive thing.
0: You're listening to Faith Retriever with Deacon Eric Page. We'll get back to the conversation right after this short break.
2: I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church,
1: the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
0: Faith Retriever is back with Deacon Eric Page and his guest, Father Kurt Nagel, discussing how the church can help parents evangelize their children. Here's Deacon Eric Page.
1: You know, one other thing that I want to point to that I think illustrates a challenge but also is a bit of a sign of hope is some things that I discovered uh, reading a book that was written recently by Yuval Levin. It's called uh, Time to Build. And in this book, he talks about this dynamic where our perception of institutions has changed a lot. You made reference, I think wisely so, to kind of a period in American life when institutions were seen very favorably. They saw... We saw them as something that would mold us. You know, the classic example was somebody who, as a young man, goes into the Marines and the Marines forms his character and he comes out of it with his character formed. And, you know, and of course, in World War II, that was kind of the image of what institutions would do. And then we have the 60s. And then the idea of institutions changed a little bit. And what's emerged now is this very low confidence in institutions and a sense that they're not necessarily a good thing. In fact, they are there to be used for a particular purpose. And a great example of that that um, Levin offers is they're becoming stages or platforms rather than molding institutions. And, you know, an an example you can point to is politics right now, where, you know, the, um, our presidential candidate in 2016 for the Republican Party had not been a Republican beforehand. And he, you know, engages in in the party, but he kind of engages as an outsider for the particular purpose of I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this for my mission. And it's not uncommon to see that pointed out as people are participating in athletics. Um, you know, Recently, Colin Kaepernick was kind of an example of that. He was known for being in the NFL, but then he was known for being a, a leader of a cause in which he used his role in the NFL to build that Sort of portfolio for what he wanted to do later.
2: I and I think in terms of the church, I think you can you can see the same thing yeah. happen actually. Yeah. Um, that I think the people who are dropping off their kids to faith formation are the sort of the last yeah. fumes of this right. idea. Well, the, yeah. the institution is going to form them, but it used to be that that kind of was the way it would work, right? Because not really recognizing that or all these other institutions from the family, from public media, we're all supporting the idea that you're going to go to the church and the church is going to form you well. And with those kind of ideas, it can work in the sense of, okay, um, we can support the parents in formation. But today, the church is simply seen. Especially, again, for with those without having this encounter with Christ as being an institution that is formidable yeah. and is also kind of a barrier to right. what the world is telling them is going to be their freedom and their happiness and everything right. else. So it, you, you can gain points in the culture by attacking the church. Right. As, you're a liberator.
1: Yeah, And so here's kind of where this sort of has a positive flip side, which is that as parents, we have a chance to talk about how the church has had a positive impact on us. Like, I'm grateful for the Deacon Formation Program because I will tell you, some of the instructors in that program, and you're one of the instructors in the Formation Program, were the best instructors I ever had in terms of not only teaching you ideas about the faith, but actually letting you see and encounter Jesus in a new way. And over the years, as I've participated in the life of the church, the experience of the Mass has just grown enormously because... The Mass has remained in many ways eternal and unchanged, but I've been shaped and I've been you know, molded by the institution to be more prepared to receive Jesus in the Mass. And so the plus for us as parents is that if we can show our growth to our children, that increases the trust in the institution. That's part of what Levin's book finds, is that when we show people how the institution has shaped us, that shows them that the institute shows the other people who know us that the institution can bear fruit, that it's going to be a really positive thing.
2: And I think that's the, the a whole idea. It comes back to okay, how do I evangelize my child? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's that scary idea. But, you know, I, I do think in terms of the long game mm-hmm. that um, I tell parents, and this is, this is a constant issue uh, in the 21st century American parish. How do, I, how do I keep hold of my children and, and try to bring them the faith? And it's not, the answer is not going to be it's not an easy answer. You can't just yeah. drop them off. So that's one of the challenges. Is the, the answer is there, but it's, it's, it, the short answer is experience conversion. Yeah. Um, you cannot kid or fake your middle schooler. <laughs> right. You know, you, they, they are simply they're looking for authenticity. yeah. Um, they're looking for their own identity and trying to question who they are and they're going to look at you to say, help me with that, or, and who are you to help me with this? Yeah. And so I would urge you, the best thing you can do for your children's faith is to become a very faithful Catholic yourself, yeah. it's, and it's really almost the only way. When, yeah. I, when I see families who this works for, and I, there are a few families, people are very, they're almost envious, and yeah. um, say, why do your kids still go to church? Why do they come back from college and they're 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 engaged in college church? And I look at and it's always the fact that these are not simply good Catholics in the sense that they do the right stuff; they go to mass all the time, but they have this personal they've they've encountered Christ through prayer and sacrament. Right. And so for them, the child they associate the good parenting they've experienced with the church, as you've said. Yeah. And so there it is, and they're saying. I kind of want to be like this. They—they they, they may yeah. not say that in junior high or high school. Yeah. But deep down, they know that. Right. And so they're going to be their own persons, and there is no guarantee. Yeah. Uh, we have free will, but it's like the number one way to evangelize is fall in love with Christ.
1: That, that's a beautiful way to put it. I, I think, you know, one of the best things that you can do is describe exactly that—that that you've had a, a change in your life and
2: that you enjoy you know, that relationship. Well, it's the witnessing piece. Yeah. And again, when we think of evangelization, Catholics tend to think of Protestant evangelical ministers or yeah. something. And there's a plus side to that. Yeah. So you to be able to witness. But again, it's probably not going to be on a soapbox downtown. It's, yeah. it, but it, it has to be to your kids. Right. Again, can't fake it. Yeah. Um, and you, but if it's real, it's going to make an impact.
1: Yeah. No, I I think that's a great insight. I mean, I was influenced early in my life by the fact that my parents took me to church. I was influenced, and then I was also influenced later in my life, too, about how my mother told me about how my grandmother's early faith and her engagement with the faith that she had when my mother was a child. So you get this sense of that, okay, you're part of this continuum, and Sometimes that doesn't get activated until you start having your own responsibilities. I mean, I remember in my own experience, college was a time of the, at least the first part of college for me was I was engaged, but only slightly. And then I had a little bit of a conversion experience, and then I was more engaged. But often people have those experiences later in life, so it's not like the game's over.
2: No, and when you say play for the long game, one of the one of the problems is I think that people think it's too late. They've left the church. Um, they're 18, 20, 25, 14, whatever it is, and and I'm not that person, father, you just described. Right. And I've lost my chance and mm-hmm. therefore I'm despairing because um, I am one of the guys that just checks off the box, barely. Yeah. Um, what I would say though is that's the long game. Yeah. They're still your kids. Right. And and it, you don't become faithful just because, because, again, it can't be instrumentalized in the sense of, yeah. I'm going to do this for Jesus so that I can get my kid to do the right thing. <laughs> right. That's not authentic either. But, yeah. but the idea of, hey, the game's not over. If I want it for them, why don't I want it for me? Right. So why don't I get engaged with my faith? And again, in terms of prayer, in terms of, again, this idea of Jesus is real and I find him in his body, the church. Yeah. So it's not just institutional, although it has institutional elements to it. But it really is the body of Christ. yeah. And so it's a living, breathing, loving community, communion, that I can be part of. And then, again, people recognize that. Yeah. So in some ways, the takeaway from this is the first step
1: and probably the most important step is engaging more deeply in the life of your own parish.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, it might, and it might be everybody's parish is different. Right. There's some more dynamic than others, or, or whatever, but there there are resources now. Yeah. Uh, the sacraments are there, maybe much more. Yeah. But there's also other uh, ways in which you can grow in your faith. Whether media, you know, again, whether it's the Catholic radio, yeah. or whether it's, whatever it is, uh, good books and other resources that you can. God wants everybody to be a saint. There's no place on this earth, including America, where you can't become a saint.
1: That, that's a beautiful way to look at it, and that's. The kind of the mindset that we want to have is the positive mindset, because that's infectious.
2: So do your kids see you, again, to say to see Christ in you might seem like highfalutin sort of stuff, but do they see love, charity, patience, humility, um, a deep compassion and empathy for them? Um, again, Jesus pulls well. <laughs> yeah. Jesus had a strong, fir- strong firmness but he also was someone who was a healer and someone who just sacrificed himself for those he loved. Yeah. I mean, can your kids see you that way?
1: Right. That's beautiful.
2: Because if they do, then you are evangelizing them. Yeah. And always don't be afraid to talk about your Catholic faith to them. That's a really important message is don't be afraid to say it. That's Make the association. Yeah. Okay. First thing is become a disciple, a deep disciple, yeah. and then proclaim the discipleship. Don't just say, "Well, you know, I just happen to be a nice guy." Yeah. But say, "Christ did this for me," and where did, and I found Christ in the church, the Catholic Church.
1: And do you have to like, you know, pound the table when you say it? Do you have to be dramatic or?
2: Well, I mean, obviously not. In yeah. the sense <laughs> of that, that actually work against it. Right. Uh, and the thing is, becoming let that become your true self, and honestly, give credit where credit's due.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense, and. It's a great reminder that Jesus is working within our children, too. They may not right. recognize it. So you know, just simply
2: disclosing a little bit of our own faith is a very powerful message. And as you say, it's kind of like the seeds of the gospel in non-Catholic, non-Christian non cultures. Uh, the missionaries always talk about the fact that God is present everywhere. Yeah. So there are graces places, you know, even in cultures that don't know him explicitly. Similarly, people who are not engaged in the church... God is still in some ways working in their lives. And to be able to connect those people's moments of grace with, be able to explicitly say, hey, you know, I think that's what God's doing in you. Yeah, um, And they may poo-poo that, but, but again, say if you can connect it with, hey, it's, it's happened in my life too. Well, and I think
1: that that's a really good idea. And worth noting is your children may not respond immediately like, wow, that was just incredible, Mom, Dad. That was the best. But they're registering things because I, I remember as a child, there was no occasion when my parents shared something about faith that to me that I said, "Wow, that was really wise. Thank you for sharing that. I feel just closer to Jesus now." No, no you, you know, it's you receive it, and it kind of takes time to to bear. The time. long game. Yeah, I
2: love it. The long game. And, that's, and so when people come to me with individual questions, should I do this, should I do that, should I go there, should I not go there, should I say something, should I not? Um, I'm playing all those games about the, the, the non-faithful child, um, the non-practicing yeah. child. I always think play the long game. Mm-hmm. Be who you are, be authentic, be, be true to your own beliefs, but also remember that it's a long game yeah. and, and don't wreck it. Uh-huh. By, by doing something, you know, that's saying, hey, draw the line, and this is it. Don't go there. Uh, so we, the message,
1: be encouraged, stay strong, play the long game. And become a,
2: become a loving disciple of Christ.
1: Well, that's wonderful. Thank, thank you so much, Father. This has been really helpful.
2: Please, my pleasure.
0: Join Faith Retriever each week for conversations about the faith and tips to engage family in the truth, beauty, and goodness of God's Word. Find Faith Retriever here on Sacred Heart Radio. Search sacredheartradio.org for programs and podcasts or listen on your favorite podcast platform.